Life Audio. Hey, listeners. These last three episodes of the Happy Rant podcast are brought to you by our longtime partner and good friends at Visual Theology. If you visit visualtheology.church, you can see the full array of resources they offer for Bible study, for Bible teaching. So if you are a, you're a Bible teacher, you're a youth minister, you're a college minister, you homeschool your kids, or you just uh, you invest a lot in family discipleship or your own personal growth, they offer amazing resources that put deep biblical and theological truths into visually captivating and clear uh, expressions so that you can you can begin to see what uh, what the words on the page express in the Bible. So uh, it, it just helps the Bible come to life. It helps it helps a lot of innocuous things spring forth. It helps you make connections in scripture you wouldn't have otherwise made. And the designs are spectacular. So again, visit visualtheology.church. They have memberships. So if this is something that you want to use on an ongoing basis, you can do so for your classroom, for your uh, the ministry at your church, whatever it is you've got going. You can make an individual purchase of a book, of a poster, of curriculum. They offer a full array. Be sure to check them out. Uh, they have offers for discounts on your first purchase as well. So visualtheology.church. Be sure to check them out. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio, in Soma, for our last ever episode, boys. Mm. How are we feeling? How are the old emotions? I'm here with Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin, my, my two friends, also my partners in radio, also my partners in emotions right now. Well, well we you at? have one partner in emotion, at least. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. At least, you, at least you have one. Pipe, you feeling anything? Pipe, the come emotion, on, you got to be feeling something, all? Pipe. Come on. Yeah. Make something up. <laughs> Lie to the audience. You're in the Midwest. You know? <laughs> kind of a last night. No, of, if I'm in the Midwest, I would tell everybody I'm fine. It's great. Last night at high school it's football field, you're crying a little bit in front of the locker. The coach, you want to look good for the coach? Man, that always comes later for me. Yeah, give, yeah. Give, give me like 72 hours and I'll be <laughs> crying on my way to work. Exactly. Because it all caught up with me. You're like, baby, have you heard from Pipe? I'm a little worried about it. I know. Yeah, let's <laughs> it's check been in a whole on. week Do and we haven't recorded in. an app. Yeah, yeah, I know it. Where are your emotions at, baby? Anywhere? Um, I don't know. Who was I just? I was just talking to somebody and who was it? And they were talking about how much the pod has meant to them, and, and a, a fresh wave of yeah. nostalgia came over to me. And for a split second, I thought, I don't know, boys, is this a good idea? And that quickly was erased when I thought, this is a great idea. Who wants to restart the pod? <laughs> right. Who sent no, the first text so volley in a week and a half? I, I will say, <laughs> it, as I've thought about this leading up, leading up to, to tonight, uh, trying to anticipate, like, I don't know, what is it going to feel like to stop doing a thing you've done for 10 years it's mostly what you just said, where it is, there is a, there is a lot of, so I was talking to, is it, it, it was Emma, right? Who started listening to this show at 17, is now 25. Mm. Wow. That's, uh, which, is, which is everything we talked about in the last two episodes, that yeah. high school, college years. And I, and, I, and I thought that's an enormous amount of, of life commitment. change, like be, becoming an adult, all of that. And uh, we have a handful of other people who have listened probably to every episode, which is utter insanity, but... Um, Unless no, you're big good. key. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're like me then. For for some reason, <laughs> this okay. show has meant a lot to a lot of people, and every time I hear that, it catches me off guard. But it's really meaningful. It is because because sometimes this feels like an utter waste of time. Yeah, frankly, can we be honest with everybody? Especially about that? the last couple of years financially, but I'm not bitter. It's okay. <laughs> I'm dealing with some things. I'm just Maybe the mostly like, the love like of your, money. Like your level of money, you know, compared with what most people's level of money would. I mean, you know. I mean, I mean, yeah. you, you got to be honest about what I've that, experienced right? in this life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, that's seventy five hundred. Most people get most people, over the most people bring in those six figures and they, they'd be thrilled. You know, and <laughs> you, on the other hand, you've just grown jaded because of the level of lifestyle. I that know, you've man. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. so hardened by all the all the decadence. That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm still open to, though. You know what still gets my gets my heart beating a little bit faster is Q&A at these yeah. live programs. And that was a little... Also segment, asking little questions segment. and not answering them. Yeah. How, you ask him how he's doing. You ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I, I think I'm in the right place. And I've, like you guys, I've had the experience of talking to some really great people tonight. Um, 
my friend Christina from Florida, whose name I misspelled in the flap of the book. I was trying to trying to be extra and like sign it to her. A K or a C? Um, Where'd you go with that? Or a C H? She's a C H. I did the K, and uh, okay. I just went for it. I was in the moment. <laughs> Man, that's rough. Uh, yeah. I said, Christina, let's let the healing begin now and just power through. Okay, and let this be a thing that we can enjoy. Just yeah, because I think yeah. it's going to have to happen. Um, yeah. No, but she came all the way here from Florida. Been listening for a long time, and and I very very much appreciate it. And it's a uh, I grew up listening to radio and uh, driving around, listening to radio, sometimes talk like morning show guys. And, um, you know, you're they're a part of your life. You know, they're a part of your interior space for whatever amount of time you're listening. And uh, it's it's a privilege to be a part of people's lives in that way. I think it's very sweet. Um, and that's no like no snark there at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, the fact that people want to listen to us bloviate um, <laughs> is kind of a sweet deal, dude. That's right. And um, and remains baffling. It does remain. It, yes and no. So yeah. by all you means, know. let's end this thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send in the text. Look, maybe maybe not next week. Always, I'm the always leave days. them wanting more, which yeah. is the thing more preachers need to pay attention. Well, we have to. not done a good job at that because <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> this thing. This thing has hit a, a, a length. Yeah, you, bo- you is, both uh, want to be done and you want to restart it. You're yeah, well, a jumble yeah. of contradictions tonight, baby. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, we got to give it a rest, right? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to open the mics up here. And by the mics, I mean one. And uh, I'm going to invite people to, to stream down to the front. You can bring a gift if you have it. You can approach the mic. Um, you can potentially earn a, a copy of the Timely Timeless yeah. Truths Bible via Aaron. Right back is there, that Aaron. what it's called? It's called the Timeless. So, is that different than other Bibles that are less timeless? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, there's a shelf life on, Depends on the, the other translation <laughs> Bible. issues. Of well, I mean, God's shoot, word, there's the go- there's like the gospel study Bible. I'm like, what's in the other ones? So, no, 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 no. Uh, not quite, not quite good. as timeless. For the love of all that's good. No, I'm kidding. Um, I will say a thing about Aaron, though. Um, he's going to be, in a sense, evaluating. So, as people come up to ask their questions, Aaron's going to kind of the gears are going to be turning back there and, and he's going to bestow two very lucky people with, with brand new Bibles tonight based on the quality of your questions. Mm. So really be thinking about it. Be thinking about um, how you're going to come up here and just crush it. So I want to open the mic. Who's first? Who's our first question? That's brave, huh? It is brave. Yeah, let's go. All right. And they don't got to be chosen. You just like, they can just come up, right? They As, can just come up. They, yeah. Maybe they raise a hand. I invite them. I don't know. Or they can come up and stand in line. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Whatever yeah. they want. Yeah. I'm Midwestern. I'm accommodating. Uh, go ahead. Okay. I'm Lexi. I'm from Columbus. I met Ted just now, Barnabas, when I was walking in. Ronnie, you actually visited my church a couple weeks ago, but I wasn't there. So I'm really sad I couldn't meet you. So oh, man. hi. Well, yeah. What church was that? Citizens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, shoot. Yeah. So great to meet you guys. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Um, I have just like tiny little presents for all of you. Oh, my Dude. goodness. Wonderful. So, Come on. You guys, let's all clap right. for Lexi. Yeah. Lexi is a tier one. Lexi is tier one. Absolute top of the mountain. Oh, look wow. at that. Nice. Wow. A little swag. Is that acceptable to you? Are you going to struggle with that? Is that a struggle? I'm not going to struggle with it because I, I'm a fan of all football. Okay. And I had a favorite player from Ohio State in the 90s. I'm just going to do 10 seconds on this. If you're an old Ohio State fan, you'll know Johnny who I'm Manzel. talking about. Andy no, Katz and Moyer. Andy Katz and Moyer, the big cat. Uh, legendary neck roll. Yes. Barbed wire tattoos. I wanted to be Andy Katz and Moyer. So uh, I, I will wear this with pride. I'll think of you. He wanted to be that guy. I wanted to be that guy. Yes. There it is. Oh, Thank wow. Thank you so much. A Christmas Advent devotional. Alistair Begg. Did you write it? Alistair oh, Begg. I, I co-wrote yeah. it with Alistair Begg. Because yeah, Jared didn't want to co-write this one with me. Thank mm. you so much. Yes. I, begged I begged Jared. You didn't, want, you didn't want to do it. That's even thinner than yours. There are yeah. even fewer words. <laughs> are there pictures? He's like, Begg did less and got paid more money. Oh, Begg beg did yeah. a lot less <laughs> and got paid a lot more money. Yeah, okay. yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Lexi, what's it. your question? Lay it on us. So my question is, I know you guys are all sports movie fans. Mm-hmm. So if you could only watch one sports movie for the rest of your life, Ooh, what would that movie this. be? That's a great question. That I, is insanity. I like it a lot. Yeah, so um, mine, mine's, e- mine's easy. Go. Um, my, mine is Hoosiers, for sure. That's oh, I love Good answer. Yeah, a little yeah. Indiana stuff going on yeah. with that. Yeah. I mean, that is... If you I, can't get romantic about that Oh, movie, my God. There's no hope for you as a human. Literally being. no hope None. as a human. None. Yeah. 
every uh, picking out of every sports movie in the world. This is very hard. That's a tough. Um, one. I'm going back even on my choice. Right, I know. <laughs> it makes sense for me that it would be football, but I don't know that any of the football movies get to that place. I'm going original Rocky, Best Picture, 1976. I can do it over and over again. It's beautiful. It's kind of quiet. Kind of uh, it's a love story. So funny to me because I don't consider Rocky a sports movie. No, it's not. It's a love story. Yeah. But no, no, but it is a sports movie. It is, yeah. But I've never thought of it like that in that light, ever. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so that's, interesting. I think it transcends it, though. It is no, no, no. Uh, if it, sure, if it was sure. a sports movie, it wouldn't have won Best Picture. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going with that. I'm going with Rocky. Park. I think, I think I'd go with The Sandlot. There you go. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I pretty much watch that once or twice is a year. Is that a sports movie, though, Pipe? I mean, you could, that blurs the line. Does it exist without baseball? No. Like, Rocky could exist without boxing. I think both those blur the lines a little bit. Interesting. But I think it's acceptable. Yeah, Hoosiers, you got to have the basketball no, it, in there. Sandlot yeah. is absolutely a sports movie because the whole thing is about the like their love of baseball. It doesn't exist without baseball. Yeah, I think I guess when I think of a sports movie, I think of, like, Sports. Can I do an honorable mention? I've got a crappy 90s football movie. Like real movie. sports teams. Yeah. Not just like the kids on the lot. Right? Baby, oh, okay. we talked about the program. 1994. I'm not disagreeing. What? Have you seen the program? 1994 college football movie. I've never seen it. Real bad. James Conn just mailing it in. Um, oh. It's super fun. Anybody seen the program I love out there? James Conn. Yeah, Jared. That a boy. What do you think of it? And you Josh. Like it? Yeah. <laughs> You're Lexi, wrong. Can I love ask what your Josh, favorite. I think Josh gave it a thumbs up back there. Josh gave it a thumbs I up. Know All right. Favorite yeah. What's your favorite sports movie? I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I've ever seen a sports movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love it. Well, now you have no, recommendations. You were, you were serving legit. us with That's these legit. questions. Yeah. So yeah. I'll definitely watch all three of those. You should do that at some point. Who's in the two of great them? fall movie. So is the Sandlot for sure. That's true. Rocky. That's Rocky's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started on it. I'm just needling so, you. So, Let's clap so it up was for Die Hard. All right. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Oh, she's she's got the phone out. She's got. Oh, we got notes. Oh, it's man. been brewing for a while. I feel a little uh, scared right now. Yeah. A little uneasy. Yeah. Welcome hey back. Hey. Good to see you again. What's up, Armstrong? You know. You know. I'm here. Love and life. Conference wife, love and life. Conference <laughs> wife, love and life. Get that on a T-shirt. Wow. Yeah. So. You'd sell tens of. Ten, tens yes, of, tens, tens of, of copies. Shirts. Yeah. I want to talk a little about the Christian publishing industry. You guys know it is cutthroat. Oh, my gosh. Dreams are made. Hearts are smashed. $7,500 are earned or not earned. I mean, lives are in the balance. (laughs) In this cutthroat, sometimes maybe a little cloak and dagger world, Mm. who is the puppet master or master of puppets, if you Mm. will? Metallica reference. Of? The Christian publishing industry and why. Who's pulling the strings? Wow. Yeah, that's good. Well, I think somebody has probably a little bit of a better uh, mm. you know, idea about that. If you want to get down to... Brass. I mean, obviously, there's the boys over at Crossway. You know, they're puppet masters, puppeteers. I feel like there is a there's sort of a there's, there's sort of a paradigm here where there are there are publishers like Crossway that they live they live outside the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of. You know, if this is a dystopian world, they're the ones who live outside of like the the overarching like weirdo governance because all of the New York houses are exactly the same, and they own almost all of the Christian publishing companies, which aren't really Christian publishing companies. So what you're saying is it's the Illuminati. Uh, you know, that, that, I don't know what that is. I mean, we'd just have to believe you if you said it was. It's. Uh, I mean, it. It's. It's some. It's basically some big uh, like media conglomerate, which then fits every conspiracy theory ever. Which means that the Christian publishing company is just part of all the major conspiracy theories, other than like Crossway and Moody and a few of the others that remain independent. The, the Good Book Company. So, to your question, though, I wish there was some ethereal like puppet master with like a personality that we could point to. You know what I mean? Somebody interesting. Somebody, we could, interesting. somebody we could blame. Is There's what literally you mean. no one interesting in it. So, <laughs> unfortunately. I can't even like manufacture like a like, like he's a, the one responsible for whether a book is like right like yeah, it's yeah. it's going it's going up the food chain like he far just enough. decides there are no yeah. kingmakers in publishing he gets your proposal for like small town pastors too and he's like ah, do I wanna am I pulling the trig you know yeah right. so my husband really wants me to say that it's Dave Schrader. <laughs> yeah, See, I'm, I'm, two of us get that. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm that expressing the, my. Two of us in the room get, get that. No, three of us in the room get that. That's all right. Who's Dave Schrader? Give me thirty seconds. 
Dave Strader is a former marketing whiz at B&H Publishers who's now a literary agent. What was his big, his big score? Who did he bring to the... Aaron Armstrong. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He published all of Aaron's stuff. Rocket ship. All right, let's clap it up for Dave Schrader. Clap it up for that question. Thank you, Emily. Yeah. Uh, more notes. More notes. I love it. I always get nervous when people bring notes. I know. Well, I, it's, it was a long question. That's Plus, okay. there were things I needed to remember. Yeah. My husband gave me permission to come up and ask this question. All right. True complimentarian fashion. <laughs> That was sweet um, of him to do that. He lets you wear trousers as well? Uh, yeah. No. God forbid. They are yeah. flowy, so, you it's know. true. He demands uh, that you take notes on orange paper to match yes, his pants. Orange, yeah. I am Mrs. Orange Pants. Um, I am a longtime listener and a first-time caller. Love it. Um, Barnabas, this is kind of a seriouser question. All right. Um, we have a seven-year-old son who is hard-headed, <laughs> And when you were talking about your college experience, I feel like you were speaking into his future. Like I went, whoa, my, that's my him. My apologies. <laughs> um, yeah, he is, he's a piece of work. Um, do you have any advice on how we can direct him in a way that he will listen? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, do have, I do have advice, but not on how he will listen. Yeah, well, okay, advice would be helpful. So that we can get to not being where you were in college. I don't know if I can help you with that. But, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, when a kid is hard-headed and arrogant, I don't know if your son is arrogant. Ooh. You just said hard-headed. hard-headed. Mm-hmm. I was projecting. Um, and also remembering. All you can do is tell them what is true and assume that at some point they will realize that it is true. Or not assume. You pray that at some point they will. It's, it's, uh, it's basically planting seeds and hoping that they will grow fast. Sometimes they grow really, really slow. And uh, the number of things that I say and do and believe now that I was told when I was a kid is astounding because of all the years of thinking that's dumb or I don't want any part in that. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't think you can get through to a thick-headed kid. There's just you tell them what's true and you pray that, that the Lord will open their eyes to it. And you, uh, you don't push them away for their mistakes so that they can come back around at some point and go, you were right. And uh, thank you. Which is the thing I've, I've had that conversation with my parents on any number of occasions because they were right about a lot of stuff and they were very patient with me and remain so uh, despite my ongoing <laughs> strong personality and obstinance. What you're saying is I have to learn how to be patient with my... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in short, in short, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was really good advice, though. Yeah, thank you. It really was. I would, I would also say, not tongue in cheek. Most hard-headed kids didn't get it from nowhere, which means, <laughs> which means that there's a fair amount of looking back at your own life and thinking, you know, how patient was the Lord with me? How patient were my parents with me? Or if they weren't patient, how patient do you wish they were with you? And so you can sort of take all of that and uh, and. Give your kid what you wish you would have had or what the Lord gave you. Mm, yeah. Love it. Let's clap it up. That was a great question. That was a great question. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that question deserves a Bible. So Yeah, that, that question does deserve a Bible. She gets a Bible. It. That'll be like the on-deck circle right there. There you go. Chair. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's a sports ref. Yeah. <laughs> You've watched a couple movies. You Young Dexter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, name's Jessica, native Indiana. Um, All right. I would love to probe your brain about your musical career, Ronnie, but unfortunately, this is more of a sports question today. Mm, yes. So I'm sorry. I like this theme. <laughs> Appreciate that. But um, so, kind of like a hot take, what are your guys' opinions on the requirements for getting into the like a sports hall of fame? Oh, so like, for instance, Sterling Sharp, like he was second only, you know, to Jerry Rice in touchdowns and receptions. I love that you appreciate Sterling Sharp. Yeah. And like, but Terrell Davis has similar stats and he's in the Hall of Fame. But it's just because his career got cut short or like baseball, say there's a 10 year playing requirement for the major league. Um, Heaven forbid something happened to Shohei Otani. He's a unicorn. But should he not be? ever allowed into the whole thing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Happy Ranch Sports. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I came here. 
That's Welcome to the winter of Ronnie's discontent. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ken. I'm sorry, Ronnie. Yes, <laughs> the microphone. It's a great away, question. It is a great question. Pipe your thought. I don't know if it's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> you have concerns. <laughs> um, I Hall of Fame's Indigo, one of two directions. They either need to basically be a museum of everything interesting that's happened in sports, like all elite uh, accomplishments. So even like a five-year stretch that's elite, that deserves to be recognized. Or they need to be really small. And we're talking like the 100 best players as voted on by whoever. But what they are now is a middle ground where there's people who are in there who do not compare to other people in there, and that doesn't make any sense. And so, yeah, I think it either needs to be like an awesome, fascinating museum of history... Or, uh, like, an elite small hall thing. And uh, I lean more towards the big fascinating thing. Like, in baseball, I think everybody who did steroids who is an awesome baseball player deserves to be in. The fact that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens aren't in the Hall of Fame is ridiculous. Wow. So, (laughs) but also, they should be in there with an explanation of these guys cheated. With a footnote, right? right? Yeah. Cool. That's interesting. (laughs) In part of history. Should Pete Rose be in there, too? Who's that, Pete Rose? Pete Rose, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. With with a uh, with a also he did this to it's break the asteri- rules. Like is it with, yeah, uh, like just, do they want to be in there with an asterisk though? If it's a museum of things that are interesting, then everybody has some sort of asterisk. Babe Ruth deserves an asterisk because he played before integration. So you know when it's when it's only we all know how sports go when it's a bunch of white dudes because we've watched basketball in Indiana. So. <laughs> Sports in that framework are not as good as when it's broader yeah, than that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of hard. It's real close um, to home since my favorite movie. Don't, don't we all? Don't we all have an asterisk of some of some right. type in our lives, though? You know, I bet we all do. We could all talk about them. We I could. love the question. I'm a yes on Sterling Sharp. That was really good. <laughs> Let's clap it up. Yeah, excellent. It's a good question. That one bothers me a lot. Really, the Sterling Why? Sharp one? It just, I, I like you said, it should be almost more appreciation based of just yeah. your, your accomplishments or if you've done something just outstanding. But. I guess where I'd be on him though, is that if think about Lawrence Taylor, if mm. he had only played for yeah, five Ronnie, years, think about him being as dominant as he was and then had a neck injury or some career ending thing, you, you would still marvel at how good he was for that period of time. So that, that's where I would be on that, but we can disagree. It's okay. Fair, no, fair enough. All right. Let's clap it up again. That was lovely. Who's, uh, who's next? Hey, I'm Hunter from Wisconsin. I've been listening. I think my first step was uh, the Ferdy Futon episode. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's been a few years. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, what, five, six years ago. Anyways, the show has meant a lot to me. I really appreciate it. I'm in ministry. And so you guys sometimes just say things like, yeah, you get it. You understand. Um, And just we live in this really unique little niche subculture that I can say to, like, the average church member, and they're 65, and they're like, I I just don't get that. Um, But so I really appreciate it. Thanks for, for that. Two questions. Uh, Ted, can I call you baby? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Babe, Ted, baby. Uh, so this is the first question. My friends tell me that I've based too much of my personality of how you talk on the podcast. Uh, like, what am I supposed to do with that now? Uh, wait, then, wait, wait. They're, they're saying you're basing too much of your personality yeah. on how we talk on the podcast. No, yeah, just mostly you. Mostly you, yeah. Just, mostly me. Just you, yeah. Ted. What do they mean by that? Um, <laughs> Like, like call, like call I have friends in the room baby. calling people baby. Yeah. Everything's shortened. Um, yeah. Just the whole kind of persona, you know? Yeah. Like, using the word persona. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right. Uh, like, or, or vis-a-vis. I've Googled it 90 times. I would also really appreciate a good definition of what does that actually mean. Like vis-a-vis? Vis-a-vis. vis-a-vis? Yeah, vis-a-vis. I don't know. That is I, your phrase. Yeah. <laughs> vis-a-vis means, like... Um, like I'm referring to something that I was referring to before, um, like vis-a-vis sports movies. Let's talk about Field of Dreams, which didn't get enough love. That's before. like a callback. Or is it like a, yeah, yeah. Like, kind of like a callback. Okay, so what, yeah. do I, what am I supposed to do? With, I have this personality that's based off of a middle-aged man who I don't listen to anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I probably have my that's personality. Called de- that's called deconstruction. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You're deconstructing from me. That could be a healthy thing for you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's your journey. That's, that's right, where you are. Right. Right we all got to figure. I just got to ask a lot of questions yeah. with no answers. Uh, and then the other thing. That's uh, what Ted does. He poses a bunch of questions and never answers them. Right. I'm like yeah. Rob Bell. Less money. 
Let's six eight. You take away all the money. All the Similar glasses. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other question is a little bit practical. So you guys have talked a few different times on the show about um, being extroverts married to very introverted women. Um, I'm in my first year of marriage. The opposite. I was going to say, you're the other way around, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm in my first year of marriage. My wife is very introverted. I want to just be like, I'm the kind of extrovert that I want to be around people. Like if I'm an hour alone, it's like I'd really, really would prefer not to be. Uh, so what's what's just practical advice? Now, if you're gonna if you're gonna really base your personality on me, you got to go introvert. You know, <laughs> you got to get tired of people very quickly and and, uh, and then retreat to a cold, dark place. You know, call, call the cigar <laughs> room. Yeah, yeah. Where do you get like your hands on some like good '90s fullback film for doing that? I mean, you could just Google '90s fullback film. You know, I would, okay, I would Necrolls, start with Nebraska games from like the, yeah. the early to mid '90s. I would start with uh, with Mike Allstott. Yeah, just, he'll be foundational. Start there. Did it all. Corey Schlesinger from the oh, Lions. Yeah, good one. I know all these. The Macavica brothers from Nebraska. <laughs> oh, for sure. Coquefeet, modern guy. <laughs> He's a tight end. Uh, but yeah. yeah, tight end fullback from Minnesota. Yeah, fun stuff. But uh, you had a question in there, like a real one. It was the extrovert introvert yeah, question? Yeah, that's right? that for introvert. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie, like, what? What do you mean? Like, how, how do you manage that? Well, it's like, how do you manage an introvert? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's I am what he's most, asking. I am most extroverted, probably to my wife. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. So that ever get um, tiresome for her? It's very tiresome for her. <laughs> I think. I imagine it does. I think that's what you do is you if you if you put her introvertedness if you if you um if that is your priority and to and to figure out where her tank is because all introverts are different it's not one size fits all with introverts right some introverts just have more capacity they they get um you know they some some introverts get tired out get less energy from people get tired out more quickly like so my wife like loves people she loves being around people but she just loses energy really fast so she does great when we're in a room full of people but it's like okay i hit my limit Whereas like my, I hit my limit in like a week. Right. Mm. And, um, so if you, if you, you know, it's kind of just like, it's just kind of like a, 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 uh, you know, a godly marriage. Right. If you, uh, if, if you, if you lean into how to best serve her and her introvertedness, um, somehow I believe that will help you in your extrovertedness. Mm. Um, because you'll, you'll get served that way because it's a way of you being extroverted by caring for her introvertedness. Right. And then all that other stuff, like, oh, can we be around people? Man, just, just, just serve her the best way you can with, with how she's going to be able to, uh, you know, still feel like, like she has, has a, a life living with an extrovert. Yeah. Quit hanging out with your friends, essentially, as well. Yeah, that's, that's basically what I said. <laughs> she doesn't want to. Let's clap it up for the big guy. That was great. That's a good question. <laughs> hey, listeners. These last three episodes of the Happy Rant podcast are brought to you by the New English Translation of the Bible, and particularly the Timeless Truths Bible that they have put out. The New English Translation is the newest full translation from the original languages. So not just a revision of a previous translation, but a fresh new translation by a collection of wonderful scholars. It's a great translation. It's one that I look forward to using in my next reading of the Bible. I like to change translations every year or two to keep it fresh, to see things that I might have otherwise missed, and I'm eager to dig into the New English Translation. The Timeless Truths Bible is one that they have just released, which includes devotional notes and commentary from a variety of theologians and pastors, but not just contemporary ones going back to the era of the church fathers from the second century all the way up to the present day. So being able to see how the Bible has been translated, has been understood, and how the the gospel is coherent across the centuries. It includes creeds and confessions that date back to those early centuries of the faith as well. Again, seeing the foundation that our faith is built on, and then it's beautifully designed with wonderful artwork. If you go to TimelessTruthsBible.com, that's TimelessTruthsBible.com, you can learn more about it, you can order a copy, you can check out the whole translation. Again, it's the New English Translation. Um, We encourage you to do so. I'm eager to get my hands on one of these Bibles and to dig into this wonderful new translation from Thomas Nelson Bibles. Pipe, should I do one of these, uh, one that's come via mail? Yes, we had had a couple of questions submitted by people who, uh, who weren't able to be here this evening, but... Posed, oh, posed good questions. All right. This is from Lance, an aspiring podcaster. 
If you could speak to the young, innocent Happy Rant, so ostensibly ourselves circa 10 years ago when we started this. And were you were kind of jaded when we started, though, so I don't know yeah. if you were innocent. Gosh, we were just kids. I was just a <laughs> 37-year-old kid, you know, my whole life ahead of me. Um, all right, so if you could speak a quarter speak of my life, life, 20 more years ahead of me, golly. <laughs> if you could speak to the young, innocent Happy Rant, what advice would you give them? And then a follow-up, what does podcasting success realistically look like? <laughs> oh, I, oh boy, I Lance, want... <laughs> don't get me started. I, want, I, wanted, I wanted you to get started. That's why, well, I, that's why I made sure Lance's question All kidding aside, I'm going gonna... to... Yeah, you take away all the money, all the fame. Um, I, I'm going to go somewhat earnest on this, all right? I dare say... That if we didn't enjoy this all these years, we wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think foundational to like, quote unquote, success, whatever we're calling it. Like you've got to enjoy spending an hour a week with the people that you're doing this with. I or mean, else you don't, you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, for some of us, it's just a business decision, you know. For some um, people, the art of pastoring just didn't work out. By an hour a week, I mean... <laughs> I mean, an hour once a month, like Ronnie spins. You know, maybe that's the workaround. His, we need know? to give him more time to fill up his Show tank. Show up to work every third time. You know, it's amazing yeah. what that does Guys, for your Guys, I'm moods, an extrovert. You know? but when, I'm an extrovert when it comes to podcasting. I'm an introvert. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need, need your downtime. Um, I, I would say, what does success realistically look like? If you enjoy it, if you enjoy the people that you're with, like clearly, um, audience people have enjoyed it over the years. That helps. And, um, you know. Yeah, and not money. Yeah. In the in the middle of the bell curve, we were able to make some money with it, and you know that, that's kind of what's. I mean, it's so away now. But. Let me give a boring answer to this <laughs> yeah. because we haven't been boring enough tonight. Yeah. Um, the podcast game has changed. That's true. In the last ten years, dramatically, we are one of like a billion podcasts now. We used to be one of a million, and so trying to make money off of it and trying to build an audience is a lot harder than it used to be. Uh, we're at a great spot because we have listeners who, who kind of stuck with us. But if you were going to start a podcast now, I just wouldn't anticipate a lot, which means doing Enjoy. what Ted, doing what Ted said matters more, enjoying it, whether it's guests, finding a, a core of listeners that matters far more. Cause it's really hard to do anything numerically significant now versus what it was, you know, 10 years ago. I mean, good luck finding two other middle-aged white guys who want to be on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. How do you recapture this magic, mm. you know? Um, all right, Lance, appreciate the question. We're, we're back to live ones, though. You guys are in the on-deck circle. Are, are we ready? No? Oh, you moved over. You couldn't see. Yeah. <laughs> Tired of staring at people's That's backs. That's sweet of you to say. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we had this talk, you two. Mm. Um, Great talk. Yeah, it was a good talk. talk. Yeah. All right, man, what do well, we got? My question is, we are at the end of an era, a pretty phenomenal era, mm. I, I believe, and... Uh, uh, of this uh, very culture transformative podcast, mm. and uh, so you can keep going. This is great. There, there's yeah. going to be an, 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 an inevitable um, biopic, happy rant movie coming out. It'll mm. be massive, right? Yeah. And I'm going to be out there like the Star Wars fans. Yeah. You know, instead yeah. of lightsaber, I'm going to have my megaphone out there with me, uh, camping out a week before. But yeah. uh, what actors are playing each one of you guys, along with Stephen Altrogi, and <laughs> who do you want to direct? Mm. that movie oh i have thoughts yeah i like this pipe casting well, the movie who's Stephen Altrogi would be played by steve buscemi that is true <laughs> Stephen Altrogi will be played by Stephen Altrogi. <laughs> <laughs> no steven buscemi i like that yeah steve yeah. buscemi would be would be Trogues. so he's cast Trogues. who plays you no idea okay a good question what do y'all think mm, for pipe what do you think cast him ron Put our studio exec hats on for a minute. Oh, man. Who? Wahlberg? I do like Wahlberg for, for I can you. I see that. I can similar see that. coloring. Yeah, similar energy. You, 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 you mean about white? A, you got about yeah. 12 inches on him. You're both yeah, white men. There's a lot of those. Kirk Cameron. Wow. 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 Pipe, get I'm out. sorry about that. That's a dream. Get out. Low. That's low, somebody low, low. we can actually I've got his agent on the phone, <laughs> actually. We could get that done tonight, probably. Uh, I mean, unless this is deemed too arrogant, Paul Rudd, possibly. I could see it. Because he has been the same age for like 20 years, and I've been about the same age. Like, I just have a perpetual baby face. I roll with that, man. He's, he's, a, he's a bit of a smart aleck. 
Dude, who was... You've seen I Love You, Man, right? With Paul Rudd? No. Okay, yeah. I don't think don't so. watch it. It's filthy. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask who the other guy... Who's the other guy in I Love You, Man? Jason Segel. I could see Jason Segel with yeah. you. You're both tall. I can see... You know, there's a the one from How I Met Your Mother? Oh, that guy? Okay, well, maybe not. It's a Look, I'm not document. I, you know, yeah, this, yeah, there's yourself. options. He's also my coloring, so I know you've thought there's that. I don't see color, but he's your coloring. Um, who do I see for myself? Yeah, because I know you've thought about this. I have, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, aspirational for me. There, there's an aspirational one and then, a, and then a realistic one. Yeah, well, let's hear the realistic one. <laughs> well, because <laughs> it's not Brad Pitt. Let's just clear that. Let's aspirational clear the was Brad Pitt. Yes, I mean, that's right? just so ridiculous. Once upon a time in Hollywood, grizzled, older Brad Pitt. I'm just saying. Um, that could be a thing. Realistic Anthony Hopkins. Let's open, let's, open the, <laughs> let's open the mind up a little bit. Realistic Elliot Gould. Okay. I, I would be delighted yeah. with Elliot Gould. Uh-huh. I think there's a certain energy there that I, that I enjoy. So, and he uh, does like rocking some, some unique specs. Yeah, yeah. Elliot Gould, Circo, like that. Ocean's Eleven. I, I, could, I could be happy with All that. All right. What are you, baby? I don't know. I never thought about it. You never. I've never Lies. thought about it. Lies. Throw it out there. You, oh, let's cast Ronald. Mm. Cast it. Audience. I like the guy who said I heard. Wait, does who, that, was there an Oscar Isaac back there? Wait, who'd you say? Oscar. I'll, I'll roll with Oscar. I don't even know Isaac. who that is. I'm super happy to I roll think, with Oscar. I think Oscar Isaac is. My wife is super happy for who me is to roll with <laughs> Oscar Isaac. Some new She's little hipster. About that. Who, no, who's this Oscar Isaac? What is he, what's he been in that Ted would have seen? I don't watch Star Wars. It's space. Like I I'm an Earth guy. <laughs> Star Wars. Pretty much like every new movie. He's purely like terrestrial. Like Joseph in the, uh, the Nativity movie that came out. I'll tell you a guy from Star Wars that I'm intrigued by. <laughs> the, guy, the guy with the longer face. Who am I thinking of, baby? Oh, Adam Driver? Adam Driver. I enjoyed Driver. I the enjoyed him in this. Hollywood. Jared, have you, seen a, have you seen a movie called Patterson? With, oh, I loved it. Did you enjoy it? The Bus Driver Poet. The Bus Driver Poet. Did you enjoy the picture? That movie sucked. Yeah. No, it was good. No, it wasn't. I thought it was really thoughtful. Really interesting. I, I could be happy with Driver. That movie was an experience in listening to you two talk like about chasing dreams. Let's, um, let's go directors real quick. I've got Cameron Crowe. Um, I think, I think mood-wise, Cameron Crowe would, would do a nice job with this. Who do you guys have? I have Greta Gerwig. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, a quick PSA. Ronnie Martin, big sweetheart. Yeah, it's the know. Greta Gerwig promo. I'm telling um, you, man, how dope would that be, man, with Gerwig? Oh, I don't know directors very well, <laughs> yeah. so I'll entrust this It looked like you Frances Ha. Have you yeah. seen that by her? No. The New York Greta Gerwig? Yeah. No. It's a good movie. Good little picture. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. All right. Question, I'm a little Art, bit more Art House Greta Theater Gerwig brought to you by the Happy Rant. Who's next? Uh, all right. Let's clap it up. That was good. Oh, oh, what do we have here? Um, they're, they are magnets. They're all the same. So there's one for each of you. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I'm Emma, and I am young enough. I haven't had my dreams of being a writer crushed yet, <laughs> set by you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks Mostly for that. Yeah. Um, my question is, what advice would you have for um, a young person who wants to write, but I think one of my biggest um, hindrances to writing is it feels like there's an overabundance of words everywhere, and I'm exhausted by the stream of words everywhere. Mm. That's why we're stopping this podcast, actually. Yeah. An overabundance so of words. Be fewer yes. words in the world at yes. the end of the day. What advice would you give to me, like, finding... I have things like, you know, I have thoughts, oh, I want to write about this, I want to write about this, and then my brain shuts off because there's just so much out yeah, there. Yeah. I would say don't let, that, don't let that get to you. You know, like there's, it does, there, there's, always, there's always an abundance of these things in any particular era if you think about the context, right? And there just there seems like a lot of stuff now, and there is a lot of stuff, but we're also, we have more availability to lots of stuff now. So if you have something to say, um, God gave you that particular something in you that wants to get out. So don't deprive us of the joy and potentially the insight that we might gain from something you will write just because you think there's too much out there. Because there might be a lot out there, but you're the only one that can put what you want to put out there. And so I just say, just do it. Go for it. So I've got a slightly funny but semi-serious thing and then a serious thing. So the slightly funny but semi-serious is that you should come to 
Union University. I have uh, thought about it. UU.edu <laughs> slash apply if you use the promo code CLUCK. I wonder what Chad's going to say right now. Um, you, you should come. You should study writing. It would be a fun time. And Only Ted is getting paid by this sponsor. Yeah, I'm not thrilled funny. with this. Well, I mean, I think, we, I think we do it in a joyful way, and we spend time with the best that there is out there. We read great things, and we practice, and that's just tends to be a really joyful thing. But But I would say when... You know, like when I'm teaching creative nonfiction, I think of it in terms of a triangle. So you've got like your experiences, right? In one corner, that's like the narrative part. Then you've got your perspective or your take, like in another corner. And then you've got the outside world, like an audience. And if you're writing an essay or some creative nonfiction thing, like a memoir, if if all three corners are represented, chances are it has legs, right? Because you can take your story you can connect it to the outside world you can have a perspective or a thing that you're trying to say that makes it not journaling right um and then if you keep practicing this you'll kind of get good at interacting with audiences in that way um and then that's when the opportunities kind of start to come so i would i would say just keep keep letting it rip man keep practicing that and have fun with it and don't let the the volume of the words grind you down because one thing that i i feel like you would agree with me on this you probably both would at any given time in the world, I think there's only X number of people who can actually write well. Yep. And you might be one of those people, you know, and there may be more words in the world, but as far as like people who can actually do it at a high level, like it's a pretty small number. So, um, so yeah, I would say like, like Ron said, go for it. Yeah. I ran across a quote uh, a couple weeks ago from uh, J.R. Moringer. He's a novelist and, and memoirist and whatever. And he just said that, said, you need to ask the question, can you write it doesn't get asked enough mm. and basically just, are you good? And you know, there's, there's a, there's a certain amount of subjectivity to that. There are, there are billions of words put into the world every day and most of them are dumb. Write something better. And if you can, you're going to do people a great service. So it takes a certain amount of confidence to write stuff and put it out into the world. And writers always talk about how insecure they are. They're also profoundly arrogant. Because they're like, look what I wrote that you should read. Good. Be that. Do that. Put it out there. Have, have a, read enough to know, like, yeah, people have written a lot on that, and it's not good. So I'm going to write something better and put it out. Well, thanks. I yeah. love it. Great question. Great advice. Great question. Let's clap it up. She, she, should, she should get a Bible. Yeah, yeah. Bible worthy, if there ever was one. We got an on deck right Man. here. All right, Matt Harmon and uh, Ted, you and I are, in one sense, uh, colleagues. We're part of the academy. I'm a fellow professor, right. so I know the grind that you experience mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I know that one of the things that we long for as professors is to make a difference yep. in the lives of our students. And so um, I wanted to ask each of you to identify one professor from college or beyond, college, seminary, graduate school, who made a difference in your life, and what is it that they said or did that made that difference? And, mm. and Ronnie, I'm going to let you off the hook, because you and I talked during the break and discovered that I probably had you in an online class about 10 years ago. Yeah. So I'm going to take you off the hook. It was him, wasn't it? You, yeah, you, for you. Yeah. you don't yeah, have to mention To be fair, Ronnie didn't remember, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just for each of you to share... One college or later professor yeah. who made a difference and what it is they did or said that made that difference in your life. Man, I had a guy in undergrad, and I know I've told this on the, on the program before, but his name was Joe Burnworth, Dr. Joe Burnworth, taught in the education department at Taylor, and I was a complete bag of hair at that time and, and just kind of <laughs> rudderless in my life. I had just lost football and didn't want to be at school, didn't even want to be alive. And I took this guy's class, and I remember a couple things. He made much of the Lord on a regular basis. This was just part and parcel with like how he communicated with his, his students. And that stuck with me. He made much of his wife, you know, just kind, kind words about his lady. And, um, and again, like 19 year old me, very adrift in the world. But like there was something about that that I found very winsome and wa wanting to emulate, you know. And then I think probably the most significant personal thing he said to me was um shortly after i was injured he came to visit me in the hospital and he he leaned over the bedside and he was like have you ever considered becoming a writer and mm -hmm. it it had never crossed my mind and um you know he he believed in 
that part of my my experience and um, encouraged me to do it and was just a, a sweet guy who loved the Lord, loved his wife well, and that's that's what you want to be. Um, so yeah, what's yours, Pipe? Uh, Sam Storms. Um, so Sam Storms taught at Whedon for five years. I was there for four of those years and uh, took him. There, there's an introductory sort of Christian thought class that every freshman has to take at Whedon. And uh, his, his was, oh, he had a, he had a, wonderful reputation after teaching for one year and so his was over uh kind of over enrolled and he still signed me into the class so i went to him and basically begged and he signed me in and then i took every class that he offered thereafter which was a big reason i became a bible major was because he taught theology and uh you know i've i have portrayed pretty accurately myself as a college student he was one of the few who left impressions that moved me towards godliness and humility in that era uh, for a variety of reasons. One is he just, he just was a humble person. He's brilliant, but he taught, he taught high level theology pastorally uh, as if this should matter to us, as if this should be formative in our, in our love of the Lord, not just our ability to win arguments. That was a fascinating paradigm to me at the time. Um, He, he represented people of opposing positions with grace and accuracy like if they had walked into the room while he was talking about what they believed, they would have said, yeah, that's, that's about it. And so, again, for somebody who loved to win arguments and beat people down, there was a certain amount of humility and grace and integrity in there that I didn't have at the time. And then he just exuded love for Jesus, which, again, not a thing that I, I associated theology with knowledge and winning. And he showed a whole different side. And, and that, that, all came much more, that all came much more to fruition later, but, but the impression was strong then. And, I mean, to the, to the same point, he spoke, when, when, when he told stories about his family, he spoke with love and affection, and there's, he just exuded that towards people in general. So there was a, a humility, a warmth, and then, and then all the things I've already mentioned that, that were pretty significant to me in that not great phase in life. That's a really good question. It was a great like question. It. Yeah. Thank you. Let's clap it up. That yeah. was excellent. I actually have a question. All right. Man. And a couple of comments real quick. Mm-hmm. Real quick. First, uh, back to fan casting. Mm-hmm. Ted, uh, I'm going with actually Jason Siegel for you. And the reason I is... I can live with that, dude. Go. The reason is because he played David yes. Foster Wallace in yes. a movie and you have a huge, had a huge man crush on him. No, I don't know if you do. still do. Yeah, still okay, do. There you go. And I, I loved... Siegel's portrayal of him in that movie. There so you go. I'm, I'm 100% in on that. I like All right, it. perfect. Yeah. I have no other fan casting suggestions. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, that's a good one. I appreciate the, uh, the helping us hone that in. No, that's absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Ronnie, let's talk uh, Violent Grace later. Um, <laughs> great. Might have a deal. <laughs> no, no, no. Only, no, no, if, no, no, only no. if Jared will call, call No, he needs there. a new width, so it's fine. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> You're off the table. Okay, so, um, so... You guys talking about Cameron Crowe a lot and sports movies, understanding that I don't have a sports, mm-hmm. um, but it, but I do have a lot of 90s angst. Yeah. Um, and the person that I associate most with 90s angst is John Cusack. Mm. Um, favorite John Cusack movie and yeah. or who is the love story in Rocky really about? Is it Rocky and Adrian or is it Rocky and Apollo Creed? Oh, I mean, in the, in the way of all boxing, I think you get to the end of the experience of boxing with someone and mm-hmm. there's, there's affection and respect. It's, you know, it's a bromance for sure. Well, yeah, but, but there's a reason why fighters shown when they roll other. in the surf in a later movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a reason why they, they hug each other after the fight, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so there's that. But the other part of the question was uh, Cusack movie. I'm a say anything guy. I just mm. absolutely love Say Anything. Um, it's a great kind of late 80s, early 90s experience. Great music. Mm. Great Seattle thing. Um, Cusack just being real charming. Mm-hmm. Um, I dig it. Where are you at on it? Are you a Say Anything guy? I, I do love Say Anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a big fan of Gross Point Blank, though. Ooh, I so, love it, dude. Yeah, so we love good. that. Yeah. Great soundtrack, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. Nothing, Ronnie. Ronnie. Not a Cusack guy? No. High, high okay. fidelity. Ooh, I love that. High is fidelity. my that, alternate choice. So yeah. it's and and I don't say that because I have a great ranking, yeah. but it just I watched that one probably late nineties mm-hmm. and uh, and it resonated. I haven't seen it since, so I don't know if it holds up. But I really enjoyed it. It at does the time. hold up. The mm-hmm. Chicago like vinyl shop yeah. aesthetic. It's real nice. Yep. 
Uh, have you seen that one, High Fidelity? Yeah. With the record store? Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. a fun one. Early Jack Black. Aaron, thanks nice. for uh, contributing. Let's clap it up for... for one last thing. What's that? We, we want to go one more question? One how many, well, how many quick. How, Two more. How many more do Two we have more. in the front row? Hey, how many more on deck do we have? Okay. Let's move, let, let's move them quick. Let's yeah. get the I front row here. I need deconstruction from Ted Guy to come find me later, too. Okay. Because yeah. he gets a Bible. He All gets right. a Bible. Deconstruction from Ted yeah. Guy. Wow. That was Hunter from Wisconsin. Yep. All right, All boys. Right. Let's go. Hey, I'm Cooper from Atlanta. Um, Barnabas. Yes. You have been described as the Michael B. Jordan of podcast Michael promo. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> of podcast promo. Similar coloring. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> slightly, slightly overrated actor who's charming at times. Not Michael, Michael Jordan. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, it's been so long until tonight since we heard a promo, and the dwell thing was great, mm. but for our friends back home, you know, they didn't, they're not able to hear that. I thought it would be great to immortalize oh. one last podcast promo read. One last promo run. But um, Stretch it out. this might be your greatest challenge yet. <laughs> For this promo, okay. you will be promoting Ronald J. Martin's dissertation okay. entitled All right. Toward a Healthier Leadership Approach for Emerging Lead Church Planters Year 1 through 5. Has oh. there been a worse title? Gosh, that's a page turn. I don't want you to convince us to read. To Has read there this been a worse turn. title in the history? You know, you're such a titling guy. Can, you, can, can I see that? I need these words in front of me. That's a yeah, lot of you words. Need to, yeah, I still, can, I, you know, I, I still don't know what the title is. Okay, give me, give me a second here. Planner, like pastor, pastor, planner, a study in duality. I, give me, get me a deal. <laughs> give me a, give me a deal with uh, Aaron to publish that thing. Yeah. Uh, he, publish, he publishes Bibles, so get this done tonight. You, you have to, you have to go to Dave Schrader for that. All right, let's see here. Uh, toward a healthier leadership approach for emerging lead church Dude, planters year one through five. they make you have those five. kind of titles. That's not my nope. fault. Nope. <laughs> That's not my fault. You're not helping your case. I would case. never have a title like that. Never. Uh, Piper, block it out. Block out the noise. All right. I know you can do it. Uh, this, this new book from Ronnie Martin <laughs> is written in the academic vein, but it's actually far more pastoral than you would think. Don't let the big words in the title intimidate you. Uh, it's, it's a lot of word soup. Because those are the last ones dem- dem- you'll encounter. D- demanded by the publisher. But it is, in fact, aimed at people who are at the crux of church planting and are in the hardest years of that. And uh, are, so this book offers encouragement. It offers clarity. It offers a path forward as a emerging church plant leader. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's why he's the wizard. Available Part of next spring on Zondervan Reflective. I, what'd you say? I forgot. Reflective. It's available next spring on Zondervan Reflective. Okay. <laughs> Zondervan Reflective. Uh, hey, I'm Micah. Hey, What's Micah. Man? Also from Atlanta. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had two things I just want to say. First of all, um, listening to the rant has been awesome. I just feel like that y'all vocalized thoughts that I just like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I think that, but I haven't been able to put it into words. Does that make sense? But yeah. Yeah. So is like, that, is that like, we don't have a filter. So we say things that other people only think. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll lose that as you age. Yeah. What's your question, Big Phil? What yeah. So, um, you know, let's say until next time is just in heaven, right? Mm. Um, wh- what would sanctified well, happy rant look like? Oh, man, we got to do this thing in glory. <laughs> <laughs> sanctified yeah. happy rant. This part, that's when this thing's going to re-up? Dude, yeah, in glory. <laughs> so not in a week and a half when you text, right, but rather yeah. in heaven. I'm going to be on a cloud. I'm going to be playing a harp. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, Peter's going to, to let be, me in the gate and go, so here's In, the in all seriousness, yeah. this, pod, this podcast could not exist if it weren't for a lack of sanctification. No, that is This true. entire thing is poking fun at stuff that will someday be a lot better than it is. That's true. So I don't know that we could do a podcast like this in heaven. <laughs> that's the answer. That's a really solid that's answer. That's answer. Yeah, that's so good. Pipe, yeah, right, thank thanks you for coming. Thanks for Pipe. <laughs> Putting words to that so we didn't have to. All right, Hi. Oxford, what do we got? I'm, uh, I'm Trent, a.k.a. the Reformed Ed Sheeran. Oh, um, yeah, you sure I are. see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look like Ed Sheeran, but I'm Reformed. Do you, you play a miniature guitar? Castle on the Hill. I don't huh? sing either. Yeah. Okay, no, cool. That's good. Um, here's my question. If that you sounds could... a lot like the Reformed Ed Sheeran. I don't play guitar or sing. <laughs> that's, that's what would happen. Um, I just if, think thoughts. If, <laughs> if you could pick um, an angry Reformed pastor to box a celebrity pastor, and it'd be a good matchup, who are you picking? An angry a little matchmaking exercise. Well, yeah. the angriest reformed pastor is probably what, like Paul Washer? 
Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like but him he's, in a fight. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, he's yeah. like welterweight, though. Who's hey. a... Like, okay, I I have one. I have one. Okay, you go first. You go first. Paul Washer versus Andy Stanley. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> age, age and weight brackets seem appropriate, and I feel like there's a lot of pent-up angst on, like, that one. They're going to come out swinging. Books versus iPads. Next. <laughs> I got one that, that everybody's yeah. going to like, man. Go, go Joe Thorne. All right. Versus Stephen Furtick. <laughs> oh. Furtick's got him on height, weight, speed. Well, no doubt. You know. At least weight, speed, yeah. and age. No doubt. But yeah. Joe Thorne, man, so just. Is know, he feisty? Is he got a little so chip full of angst. residing right here? Yeah, rather, yeah. rather large chip. Yeah, he's, like, he's like a little wow. gimli. He's a little dwarf. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Little guy. Feisty, though. Scrap. Yeah. yeah. What you got, That's Ted? a great question. Thank you, Oxford. Let's clap it up. Do we have this is the last question last, last question in the history of this program. No pressure. This is, uh, this is no pressure. Historic. Uh, all right. All right. Can you announce uh, your name? Can you tell us what your name is? And- my name is Mike from Boston. Mike from Boston. And um, I was going to ask you guys what your take was on Kirk Cousins after watching the quarterback, but you guys gave Ronnie a hard stare. Whoa. So I'm going to bypass that. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Let's bypass I'm going to bypass that. <laughs> Thank you, Mike from Boston. You said I, everything with Mike, that. He, he, gave, he gave Ronnie stare? a hard Why stare. Why they gave me a hard stare? Oh, because they gave you a hard stare. Yeah, we did. Yeah, there was. All right. So we're going to move on. Uh, so that wasn't an answer. Um, I've this that is was my well fir- played. This is my first Gospel Coalition conference. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of ah. it. Um, yeah, yeah, they yeah. do a nice job over so, there. So, so I'm wondering so, if you could give me some advice mm. on how do I like measure people up based off of their bag game, right? Ooh. So, like, what kind of bag mm. they're wearing? What's their vibe? So, what's okay. the potential? Well, you got to measure them up on a couple of levels. And I want to hear you guys on this. It's funny because Ted's never attended. No, I've never attended and I never will. <laughs> but do tell. I've been around Christians using other Christians for decades. And so you've you got you to decide what you're trying to accomplish. Like, are you trying to get the book deal? Or are you trying to, like, you know, get into somebody's <laughs> seminary? Or are you just wanting to be buddies because it makes you feel better? Like, so you've got to decide what the approach is going to accomplish. And, um, you know, from there, I would say... You know, maybe, maybe they got the, like, the little scholastic backpack. Maybe it makes them more approachable. But you see a nice little leather deal like this, and you're thinking, can I even talk to this guy? Look at that. It's, it's magnificent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So some of it's your own um, comfort level vis-a-vis, like, talking to somebody in that setting. Um, yeah, this dude has a backpack, and I'm supposed to be all thrilled. I'm supposed to be you, all excited because he's ca- wearing a Carabiners are a dead giveaway on certain, like, if somebody has, if they have a backpack with carabiners, you're like, that's seminary or below. Okay. Possibly undergrad. All right. Where are you at on the water bottle lashed to the backpack? I think I feel like that's a particular deal. Yeah. Well, yeah, because <laughs> what's well, it's always it's it's pretty much always a Nalgene if it's lashed to a backpack, even yeah. though there's a preponderance of water bottles. But yeah, that fits in the same. What do they, we feel about like dude with like no backpack, just like fanny pack? Fanny pack? Like that's serious. That's like, a that's, that's a high. thing. Yeah, that's yeah. typically that's like going to be an older dude, right? He's got the keys in no, there. Fanny, he's got fanny, fanny packs are right. like trendy no, now. It's all right there, front and center. Um, I will say this at a conference, the people carrying messenger bags planned poorly because they're not comfortable when you're hauling crap and buying books all over a convention but center. It sends in the a back strong of the vibe. It is. Yeah. It, you're, you're trying to look a certain kind of professional. Yes. And also what you can tell about them is that they care more about their look than function. What about, My, the, what about the guys that walk around with no bag? Yeah, <laughs> psychos. Like they yeah. just have like three wallets in each of their pockets. So yeah. you know, I know you, somebody here that like dresses like that. You, you know how you know how when when uh, if somebody walked into church carrying bags, you'd be like somebody in, who's yeah. going to watch that person. Mm-hmm. Somebody walks into a conference with no bags. I mean, it's somebody should weird. watch that person. Yeah. It's that's, just kind of weird. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? That's here? a little question. What are you trying to steal? Guys with guns or like yeah. clocking that person? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> so, Mike, let's get down to brass tacks. You tell me, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, what do you want to get out Ooh. of this? Oh. So you're, you're looking back on I don't three... think we have time in, that pod, in, the, in the rest of this podcast. You're looking back on three days at Gospel Coalition or whatever this one is together for the... What is it? This is Gospel Coalition. Gospel Coalition. Together for the going, Gospel ended. That was the last laugh. Dude, you get back on that plane to, to Boston, and for you to be able to say, you know what, doggone it, that was worth the money. That was a success. Yeah, yeah. What needs to happen? Hey, I, I'm, I'm looking for business cards. I'm yeah. looking for contacts, connections. Publishing connects. Right? Connections, because you got so you got some connections right here. I got some connections right I'm here. I'm telling you, we uh, so know successful. Can, can, can I give myself a shout out? So, youth pastor, theologian. Oh right? man, that's a strong name. There are no strong names. Yeah, Theology, yeah. youth ministry, putting yeah. them together. I'm more than a so more looking, than a fun looking games for connections. Yeah, okay, so yeah. here's, here's the deal. If as as a youth pastor. 
trying to you're trying to give off vibes that are of more gravitas than the impression of youth pastor. I'm assuming mm. backpack is okay. No carabiners. Uh, not dressed like this, however. This is not going to get you a publishing deal. I realize this is a casual event, so you need to step it up to like the business casual realm, but not trendy. Trendy is going to skip. This is a reform. I don't crowd. do trendy. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. going to neither I'm, do that. I'm Boston. Yeah. I'm Boston. Yeah, I, I don't do trendy. Yeah. So, but. But I mean, you, I, you, youth pastor is a hurdle you have to get over in the reform crowd. Let's experiment with a structured true. jacket. Well, and, and I will say, awkward, <laughs> awkwardly, I'm already taking up way more than the time allotted. You sure are. Aw- yeah. Awkwardly, I I walked in and saw a pipe and thought, oh man, like I my shirt that I I brought for the conference is like almost identical to what you're wearing. Yeah, Perfect. Is. You got so, it. You're in. Yeah. I, I am your paradigm. I bid you go. good luck. You are my, you are Mike my scale Yoda. one to 10. What would it take right. to get you in this outfit? Uh, that, We're Ronnie, looking at two t-shirts, a sweater, not, not, a jacket, and yeah. it's 94 degrees in here. Okay? But to be fair, the, you're going to need an IV after because you're going to be nearly churches dead. in the Midwest anyone don't have air conditioning. Anyone who knows me would know yeah. I would not be well yeah, you're if, be, yeah. if I'm wearing. Yeah, that's right. You mean yeah. if you're wearing jeans and a sweatshirt? It's just the jacket. It's more the jacket. It's more the jacket and plastic wrapped pumpkin-colored sweater. Yeah. Those look like my grandma's couch. It is. It's a great look. Just... You know, I like the same shirt I'm wearing that you're wearing. Yeah, right yeah. yeah. All this, all right. I hate to bring up all, all this fashion Thanks, talk. Let's clap it up for Mike from Boston. Babe, we got to shut this down. We do need to shut it down. We need um, to shut it down. Yeah, forever. no, we do. We how about shut we shut it, it down forever? Yeah. How, how does that? By forever, you mean a week and a half? Yeah. yeah. Um, how about we never do this again? Let's never do it again. You heard it. You heard it straight from the. The beautiful mouth of Ronald J. Martin. We're never doing straight it again. Straight from the pumpkin sweatshirt. Straight, straight from the pumpkin spiced mouth of Ronald J. Martin. Uh, seriously, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for being with us in it. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for making us a part of your life in your car and your in your headphones. Um, it's it's been a blast. We have loved it, and um, we're going to be around for a few minutes after. But this is it, man. This is the last laugh. Uh, no, that was the last live event. Yeah. Anything to add, Ron? You guys good? Yeah, it's been great. Thanks. We've said, we've uh, said a lot. Yeah. I, I think we can all. I think we can all show our appreciation for uh, uh, j- some some good times together for sure. Indeed, um, it's been meaningful. <laughs> wow, well said. It's been, Jared's uh, taken aback by by. It's been uh, <laughs> it's been meaningful. It has. It's been meaningful, and um, it's been it's been a strange gig too, and I like it that has. about it. It has. It's I been like weird, that. weird, and it's fun. It's been a weird gig. Weird and fun. None yeah. of us anticipated any of this. No, that's right. And yeah. um, and I think that's what. I think that's what gives it kind of the element of it that I think I'll be able to look back on it fondly because of that 100%. until we start again uh, in January. <laughs> yeah. So after our sabbatical, as after our sabbatical, um, Just taking the holidays, sabbaticals. Yeah, sabbaticals. Yes. Pipe anything? I could not have envisioned doing this for ten years when we started. Right. This is. This seemed like a very fly by night. We'll give it six months. It felt like that every it. week for ten years. It did. At no point did this feel like a thing of of lasting significance, and so. The fact that any of you said anything nice is wonderful yeah. and uh, really encouraging. And well, I think great. You, can, can I say something nice about you, Pipe? Uh, please, yeah. So I think one <laughs> of the str- I'm getting serious now for a second. Okay. So one of the strengths of the show, and this was always Pipe, was it had to be every week. Yeah. So that's one, I think that's been one of the strengths of it. It has to be consistent. So there has to be new material, even though you could listen to any episode. And you're not sure if it was new or it happened, you know, two months ago. But I think you know you always pushed that, and that's I think what gave it its sense of continuity, freshness, and the ability to just continue to garner support and new fans. It, it, it's because it's because you. I mean, you you. It's kind of like the way we do everything else. Like the more consistent you are with something. Um, you, de- you, that it kind of develops its own sense of branding around mm-hmm. it. And that's 100%. what it was. It was like, yeah. it was a brand new podcast every week. I think that was super important. And Pipe really pushed that. Um, and he really pushed, uh, you know, me and Big T. He was really the dad of the podcast. Yeah, he was really the dad. Yeah. yeah. So kind of, kind of guiding us. Yeah. Yeah. Suggesting. Yeah. Disciplining when necessary. Yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> no, nah, it was great. It was Probably great. wouldn't have survived if you guys wouldn't have brought me on, but I think everybody well, knows I that. mean, and we don't, th- <laughs> yeah. don't think we don't thank God every day for 100%. that happy circumstance. 100%. I mean, every so. day. Yeah. Grateful. Um, nah, this has been a blast. It and has. Uh, thanks for coming tonight, you guys. Uh, still more, more merch, more snacks. Take some things, say goodbye. Uh, I'm going to say, Pipe, that we have done what we always do on this program, boys. And until. Next time.
That's a wrap. Let's go. Give yourselves a hand. Thank you. If you've listened to the Happy Rant for a long time, you will know that for years and years, we partnered with Dwell Bible, the best audio Bible app available out there. And they are sponsoring these last three episodes of the Happy Rant. Dwell Bible, if you're not familiar with it, is, like I mentioned, the best audio Bible available. There are multiple narrators. There are multiple versions. They offer listening plans. So if you want to listen through the Bible in a year or go at a more reflective pace or focus on the letters of Paul or any number of other things, they have plans that will let you do that. The benefits of an audio Bible are are so many. Uh, Oftentimes life is too busy to sit down and read, especially if you have small children or if you're on the road a lot. But an audio Bible is something you can do in the midst of something else. So while you're working out, while you're doing yard work, while you're doing chores around the house, while you're commuting, the car is one of the best times. The Bible is then with you. You can listen to it. You can reflect on it. You can rewind and listen again. If you're a Bible teacher or a preacher, this is a great way to infuse the text into you while you prepare to teach or preach. So I want to invite you to visit dwellbible.com slash happy rant to check this out, see all their features, and they are offering 30 days free. It's a subscription service and it is well worth your money. I've been a subscriber now for years. I love it. I use it regularly. Again, that's dwellbible.com slash happy rant to get 30 days free. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that after that, you will say this is absolutely worth it. I want to pay for the ongoing subscription. I would encourage you to pay for the lifetime subscription because they are regularly rolling out new features, new narrators, new versions, and they are building this whole thing out to better serve their audience and provide new ways to engage with scripture. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.